as the myth turns. Because mythology is the greatest soap opera of all time. With your cultural interns, Eris and Z. Interns because we're not professionals. And we're not getting paid. Welcome for the first time yeah. to the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Unfortunately, I am Z. And I'm Eris. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about dragon lore. Dragons! The dragons! Dragons, um, in Western cultures, um, at least since the, the high Middle Ages, have been seen as like, uh, or not, I guess not seen, because they're not real that we know of, but <gasps> like... You, you that we off. know of. Okay, I made an addendum for Team a reason. Team Dragon. No, it's 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 fine. <laughs> dragon tails. Okay. Um. Anyways. Uh. But what like what we picture them as is winged, horned, four legged. They yeah. can breathe fire and stuff. But in Eastern cultures, they're wingless, still four legged. Mm-hmm. Um. More serpent like. Yes, they're very and... long. They're long boys, like snakes. Right. And above average <laughs> intelligence, like what Western culture yeah. sees is more like monstrative, uh, just brutish. Right, but right. But in Kinda Eastern like, cultures, it's more like, hey, I have this riddle for you and want wisdom to impart on spirit. you. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Using a lot of hand motions as if this is film. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> Save the notes. I almost knocked my drink over and it just like triggered my fight or flight. That was terrifying. <laughs> Jesus I, Christ. I okay. All right. Now that we're back. Okay. <laughs> Oh geez. Okay, I'm not ready. You know, you know what's you know what's weird though is that like okay, so yeah, I'm not ready. Okay, Woo. that was excessive. All right, <laughs> we are not up to the drink episode yet. We are still stone cold sober. So, go ahead. I'm well. Well, I, well, I was thinking that um. So we still have, like, yes, it's very much Western culture has these, like, here's these monsters, these four-legged creatures with mm-hmm. wings. Um, So kind of, like, technically speaking, six limbs, you know, if you right. count the wings. Oh. And then you have, like... Wings or limbs? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Like, uh, bird arms are wings. <laughs> Birds don't have arms. Yes. No, shut up, they don't! Uh-huh. Cool, so st- bones are great. Anyway, so, um, and then, of course, and then there's Eastern culture. Where they're much, they're longer, like, snakes. Um, right. And then there's Jormagander, who's a dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of translations, Jormagander is the, um, is the Midgard serpent. So there is kind it's of like that. It's the, it's, yeah, Nordic. It's Loki's third child. And, um, with Engerbrota. Uh, okay. And the, basically, like, it's a dragon that grew so large and, like, snake-like mm-hmm. that he literally encircles the world. And like Is swallows it? his own tail. Ouroboros? Yes. Yes. That's Egyptian too. Mm-hmm. So that's super cool. Lots of <laughs> cultures have the Ouroboros kind of like a snake swallowing his own tail. But this this is the Nordic, the Icelandic nice. and, and Norwegian, um, which actually is really, if you think about the time frame and Viking expansion, um, Vikings were visiting Egypt and the Middle East heavily. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's no surprise that they probably shared some cultural overlap there one of the things that i found said that the very first description in literature or art of a dragon mm-hmm. came from um, ancient mesopotamia in the in the near east not oh, the okay. middle east hmm, okay. which like i always heard of the middle east but uh i never really 
thought that there would be a Near East. So that was a lot right? of fun to learn. <laughs> where, where exactly? Like, what countries are... Well, Mesopotamia, apparently. Well, like, what, what countries are occupying the land now? I don't know. I didn't look that up. Okay, I was just sort of like, <laughs> okay, I know where Turkey is, and... And, I, and I'm, I'm pushed. I know, Istanbul, I know what. Okay, yeah. Like Turkey, Istanbul, that kind of. Okay, no, but, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So near okay. east. All right. It's yeah. kind of like east light. Yeah. <laughs> Diet east. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like you go, you, the, you go to like you know east, Italy you and then Germany and then you're like, eh. <laughs> yeah. You're like yeah, yeah. Over here. So, so the yeast. Oh jeez. Oh, we're going to walk about but, um, a lot of this. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> we are sober. Okay. So, one of the things that I found... Oh, wait. Were we done with the sure. the Jägermeister or whatever? <laughs> Jormagander? Yeah, Jormagander. Was fine. Okay. I can go on and on about Loki for days, so it's fine. Just cut me off. Now. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you're going to have to cut me off here in a minute because okay. I'm getting into Native lore. So, <laughs> one of the things that I found, because I, I specifically looked up, like, Native American dragons, because when we did Little People in yeah. the Fae, mm-hmm. a lot of what we found connected so... So many of, and you know, when you look up something that happened in Europe or is from Europe, of course you're going to find similarities across a bunch of countries. Right. And even across the same continent. But to go all the way across the ocean and find similarities in, in, in something yeah, is yeah. what like super blew my mind about the right. research that we did for that episode that made it my favorite. So I looked up um, Native American dragons and it came up with the Piazza bird or just Piazza, Palisa, Piesas, like kind of uh, had a couple of different names mm-hmm. and it's from the Illini or the Illiniwek tribe which is like is known also as the illinois confederation ah. consists of 12 to 13 different tribes from the upper mississippi river so piazza means um, a bird that devours men in illini i'm already into it <laughs> i know super cool yeah so, um, man eater yes <laughs> what's super cool about this and how like vague it is it's kind of a little bit more of a cryptid than it is a monster i'm even more into this now. i know i was uh, i just i loved researching this so um it's Think like it's, a, there. it's like a sub <laughs> subclass of thunderbird mm-hmm. and it, there's only two murals about it that exist like huh. that they have ever found wow the original location is an altoon altoon Alton? I don't know. Anyways, Illinois, which is like on the Mississippi River, and it can be viewed. You can go up to it. Oh, and cool, look at cool, it. cool, cool. And they like pretty regularly have to repaint it and stuff, but they do it in like the traditional ways. Oh, nice. So that's okay. super cool too. And it's dated to be about from twelve thousand CE. Same. <clears throat> yeah, it may have been painted to like warn travelers that they were entering Cahokia territory, which is another oh, another okay. tribe. So it's depicted as like large as a calf. Um, horns on its head like like a deer. So that's pretty cool. Like antlers, almost. Oh my gosh, that is um, really cool. <clears throat> red eyes. Ghibli stuff up in here. <laughs> right, right. And it's a, I saw something that said a beard like a tiger, but I don't really imagine tigers having beards. Like they, I mean, a goatee at the most. You know? Yeah. They're no, they're no Mac, is what I'm, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> Mac's like, this is my beard. Listen, 10 out of 10 recommend Mac's facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a callback to one of the drunk episodes. Don't look so so confused. Anyways, and then a man like face, and it's covered in scales and a long tail that winds around its body, and it looks like a fish tail. Oh, neat, neat, neat. Yeah. So when I when I looked it up, like I said, I looked up Native American dragons, and it was the very first thing that came up, and it like it looked like it was like, hey, here is your absolute one hundred percent answer. But the more that I looked into it, the more it kind of looked like a chimera. 
And then a lot of the stuff that I would look up about dragons from around the world were very similar to chimeras. Yeah. Okay. So that was pretty cool. I mean, speaking of like, the kind of chimera idea, so one of the things I looked up, and this is this is a European, like, kind of quote-unquote dragon. Mm-hmm. It's uh, mm-hmm. a Tarasque, which, like, any of you D&Ders out there, yeah. But- so this is a pretty famous monster in D&D, but also, like, it's from straight up from mythology. The Tarasque is a French dragon, hmm. and it's, you know, it's translated roughly fearsome creature kind of mm-hmm. thing. Anyway, fierce or fearsome thing. Right. It's basically an amalgamation of other various creatures from panthers or more like bobcats to, to like, you know, goats and then cows right. and stuff like that. And they're kind of all slightly different. But yeah. That's so weird that you say panthers because another way that the piazza bird is referred to is as a water panther. Oh, interesting. That's super cool. And these are like kind of vaguely turtle-esque. So they like... Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I found anything that's the turtle But that's, that's but... the terrasse. So I mean, right. you know, your mileage might vary uh, depending on the location of the species. That is way cool. I mean, you know, maybe maybe in France it was uh, behooved the, the dragons to be more turtles. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. That's pretty cool. But in, it's like, yeah. In Europe in general dragons are known to live in lairs or caves and castles and yeah. mountains they're... they eat princesses and whatnot <clears throat> right know. they have like leathery bat wings they live with gold or right. they, or they shit gold it. i'm not sure yeah. which they just say they live with gold I'm like where'd they get the, the, how do they open bank accounts right like where'd they get all this gold from maybe they just make it <laughs> and is ron swanson really a dragon <laughs> That's my question. He does have the beard. And the, or the stash, I mean. Right. The facial hair, which is what is important. That is the main identifying Do not. factor when you're trying to figure out if somebody is actually a dragon in a human body is do they have facial hair? Okay. Which um, means that we need to question Macklemore and my person who has the oh, no. world's best 70s porn stash. No. Just going to throw that out there. But there's, so there's one other uh, Nordic dragon that okay. I wanted to talk about. So Norse mythology, when you start to get into it, if you've read Lord of the Rings, you've read most of Norse mythology <laughs> in terms of like less of the stories about the gods doing stuff, mm-hmm. but elves, dwarves, dragons, all of that kind of stuff. Mm, Daryl Tarquin's took heavily from North myth ah. to kind of fill in like the background world building of, of Lord of the Rings. But there's one more named dragon, the the Nihog. So it has bat-like wings and just four legs. It doesn't have like the hind legs, mm-hmm. massive horns. And on his back, he carries the corpses of criminals, nice. i.e. murderers, adulterers, and oath breakers. I dig. Don't break your promise. Very important. <laughs> Whenever I make a pinky promise with somebody, that if they break the pinky promise, I get to break their pinkies. So I'm that feeling right. I'm feeling like this this dragon is a kindred spirit. Yeah. I, <laughs> so it carries it. So the name roughly translates to malice striker, or that's like that's like a much more pretty mm-hmm. translation. Or it's the eater of. Persona non gratas, i.e. criminals. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're always like, yeah, he carries them. To where? I don't know. Probably to his belly. I think <gasps> he just eats the criminals and he just carries little snacks on his back. Like a backpack. No. Like a backpack full of snacks. No. He adopts them and they become their own roguish <laughs> band. He is Robin Hood. I'm pretty uh, sure he eats the criminals. No. <laughs> he he makes them. them into his band of merry men. He also, it's canon he also now. digs at the roots of Idrisel because, of course, he does. A but what? the the Yudrasil, the world tree that like supports oh. all the other 
worlds all together in one gigantic. Wait, wait, the worlds that the gods live on? Yeah, all, all nine. So he's stealing from the rich? No, he's no. Robin Hood? It's more like he's an <laughs> eco terrorist destroying their structures that I they live on. Still kind of like <laughs> And then there's a squirrel named Ratatos who chases him up and down. He the has a um um an uh, animal sidekick. It's less of a sidekick and more of an arch nemesis. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, but I'm That's sure that you can make cool. you can make a Disney movie off of it. I'm sure. Right. Well. Anyway, yeah. That was in the talk. <sighs> That's super cool like that him. you discovered a dragon that's basically Robin Hood is all I'm saying. Anyways, next topic. <laughs> Before you can refute. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Just don't eat the Idre, so we kind of need that to live. I mean, I guess. Super quick, mm. I want to talk about Amaru, okay. which is from South America. Sure, sure, sure. Um, described as a dragon and or chimera. Okay. Uh, has a llama's head, a fox's mouth, mm-hmm. condor wings. Um, a snake's body, a fish tail, and dragon scales. So neat. And it's just kind of how, just in the area, being all you know, dragon like. Yeah, doing so, dragon things. Yeah. Like yeah. literally, I, I said real quick. Like I meant real quick. Okay, like, that's it. That's very that. right, cool. cool, cool. <laughs> so, commercial break. Commercial break. Commercial. Hey guys, the chair is cutting in for our regularly scheduled commercial break. I'd like to thank Pack Mule Photography for sponsoring this episode. They are a photography business based in Quito, Oklahoma, and they take really cool pictures. So if you need your pictures coming up, senior year graduation prom, not to mention wedding season's coming up, go ahead and check them out. They're at packmealphotography.com. I'd also like to thank Mac Boyle for producing our show and editing it and also doing basically all the things that make the show work. Uh... He does all of it and he's kind of a superhero. So thank you so much. Also, thank you uh, to Party Now, uh, Apocalypse Later Industries for hosting our podcast. Um, You guys have also been super great. We love it here. We've got a new site coming up. And also, there's a whole bunch of other podcasts from them that you should totally check out, including The Fourth Wall, which is in its entirety. And, uh, oh, we're on another podcast of theirs, too. The Holodeck is Broken. It's a Star Trek Watch Rewatch podcast, and their episodes happen on our off Fridays. So you can hear our voices every week. And also, thank you, listeners. Uh, we, we appreciate all of your comments and everything. Just thank you so much for everything. Uh, we love you, and keep coming in. <laughs> keep showing up. We keep showing up. Now to our random fact of the day. If you've ever wondered where the expression waiting for the other shoe to drop came from, wonder no more, because I'm about to tell you. (laughs) So in the 19th, late 19th and early 20th century in New York City was when apartments were built with bedrooms on top of one another. So not just like flats built on top, but specifically bedrooms, one right on top of the other one. So it was really pretty, pretty frequently pretty common that you would hear your upstairs neighbor well, not you, because, you know, you probably didn't live in, in New York. Um, unless you did. In which case, like, I'm really glad that, you know, the elderly are listening to our podcast. Not that there's anything wrong with. Anyways, so it was really not uncommon to hear your neighbors take their shoes off at night. So um, they would take one off, drop it on the floor, and you would, you know, just get, come to expect that next one. So right. waiting on the other shoe to drop became something that was basically, like, shorthand for waiting for something to happen that you knew was going to happen. Gotcha. 
dun, 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 that's the end of that. I bungled it a lot, and I hope you enjoyed it. Because <laughs> it was embarrassing. <laughs> Thanks, Z. Back to the episode. So, can I talk about the India Indian dragon? Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Okay, so there's Draken Indicos, I think is how you say it. You probably That's probably not how you say it, like, at all. But it's a giant toothed serpent which preys on elephants in India. What? Yeah, so elephants and dragons are, like, bitter enemies in India. Huh. And so elephants, which, like, would reach up and eat branches, were attacked by the dragons who would crawl into the trees and wait for them to, to try to eat. And then they would gouge the eyes out of the elephants or they would, like, wrap them up python-like. Oh my and God. squeeze them to death. And they usually have several heads with no arms or legs. And some live in the water and they fear the Buddhists. Hmm. Oh. Buddhist and... I don't know. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. <gasps> Secrets. Like... Never mind. I was going to be like, dragon hunters! <laughs> Ooh, I like this idea. I don't know. They could just be afraid of, like, Nirvana. Which... I mean, I, I guess. guess. Maybe they're all... They're all like, no, I like... I like my sin! No! Ah! <laughs> I want to keep my bad karma! No happiness! No! <laughs> Pretty much. Some people are just bitter. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Not that we know anybody like that. Not at all. In any event. <laughs> so, there are... Hey, speaking of bitter, actually. There are... A lot of dragons in Japanese myth and culture. Right. Like, a lot, a lot. I mean, there's there's a lot in, in Asian myth. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was looking it up in Japanese, especially, like, Japanese dragons. There's, like, 8,000 different named dragons. Never mind just, like, dragons who just, like, like live. They just chill. Like, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. But, like, just the ones with names, there's, like, a bunch. So, most dragons in Japan are water spirits or somehow connected to the water. Very frequently, any of their lakes and rivers and creeks and everything like that are thought to contain a dragon spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole creek, it's kind of like if you've seen Spirited Away! <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> so, the, uh, there's a river. And he's personified as a dragon yeah. in Spirited Away. Anyway, so they are, like we said earlier, they're wingless serpents, but with claws. Mm-hmm. Usually, like, little arms. I'm, I'm making the motion as if you can see me. <laughs> so they have, like, little arms with claws. So a lot of these dragons have been influenced and inspired by Chinese dragons and Chinese culture. But there's some indigenous dragons to Japan that are that are really cool that I want to talk about. So there's Yamato no Orochi, which is the eight-headed, eight-tailed dragon that the god of wind and sea, Suzano, kills. And if you think that name sounds, if any of those names sound familiar, they might be because, like, really, the video game Okami does a really great job of going through this entire myth. Nice. Um, basically, like, with the exception of they added in the dog, who the wolf that you play as, mm-hmm. Um, but like the whole myth that even inside the video game itself, they talk about how like, oh, Susanna who came in and killed Orochi. And they're like, I guess the dog was there and helped too. Like even in the, the context of the video mm-hmm. game, cause like nobody believes that you were actually there. Oh. Um, that's the myth. That's just straight up the myth of Orochi and Susanna. Like that's a really good rendition of it. Huh. They also, same video game, um, also talks about, well, they talk about the sword that they, they find inside of Orochi's tail, but they also mm-hmm. talk about um, Rujin, the dragon god, 
the sea god, the Watasumi. This is a dragon capable of changing into human form. He lives in an undersea dragon palace and guards magical tide jewels that basically makes a sea go in and out every day. Again, this is also like they do a really good job of talking about the myth and recreating the myth in the video game Okami. So like mm-hmm. you should totally... Actually, most of Okami is based on two very famous... Uh, folk books that were that collected all the folk tales from Japan, the Kojiki, which is from um six hundred or six eighty A.D., and the Nihongi, which was which was from seven twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, they at these times the people who put them together collected all the folk tales around Japan and in the indigenous Shintoism and stuff and put put them together and published them. Mm-hmm. And the video game is based on almost like they just took from the tales. Oh, essentially. That's yeah. super cool. So you can read the books. The books are actually super cool. Mm-hmm. But also if you just want like a really fun way to like go through and do like kind of a a starter course. Yeah. <laughs> like you should play Okami. It still holds up. It's from the early two thousands and it's still a great game. Nice. <laughs> That's really hard for for games to do. Right. It's so so pretty. They decided not to rely on, like, the best graphics. And they're Mm. like, what if everything looks like watercolor? That's cool. The game looks like you're playing a watercolor. It's really cool. Nice. Just to totally not do a good segue. um, (laughs) So there's this Egyptian dragon. Mm-hmm. Called uh, has like three three names that it's kind of known by Apep, Apepi, and Apophis. Apophis, hmm. maybe. Oh, I uh, recognize Apopo, that last one. Apophis. Uh, anyways, Apophis. Sure. Yeah. That's how Stargate pronounced that one. <laughs> I don't know if it's right or not. <laughs> it it's a dragon <laughs> that is also known as the serpent from the Nile or evil dragon. Oh, um, it's like sixteen sense. yards long. Um, its head is made of flint and sometimes, sometimes it's seen as a crocodile more than dragon. Okay. Um, but it's, it's chaos embodied and it's the opponent of light and, uh, Mayat, which is one of the gods in Hmm. Egypt. Okay, cool. You know, they have, they have legends there. (laughs) They do. Sometimes. Occasionally, every once in a while they do. And do you have something else that you want to go over? Like we can, we can just ping pong this back and forth. I have a little bit on going back to Asia. Uh Uh-huh. Chinese dragons, they can be other animals, Mm -hmm. like turtles or fish, but they're most often snakes or serpent-like with legs. Mm -hmm. So that's where you get a lot of the influence of these long snake-like creatures as dragons. Much like Japanese dragons and also much like or much unlike Western dragons, they are symbols of good luck and power, of spiritual power, Mm -hmm. of the kind of like godliness and divine fortune um, they rule weather and water. So you see that again with Japanese, but like less hmm. of European where you always think of dragons and like fire breath, you know? Right. Um, there's several like very famous Chinese dragons, but, um, I'm going to be a bit of an anime nerd for a second. And there's Shenlong. He's the thunder dragon with a human face in the belly of a drum. And he's absolutely from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, one of the things I think is really cool that we've not quite touched on directly is that there's a lot of dragons of the water or the dragons have you know fish-like features Mm -hmm. i think that's really cool that that's kind of across the board one of the things that um archaeologists and anthropologists and stuff think that contributes to the fact that dragons are seen in in cultures all across the world Mm -hmm. is the dinosaur theory which is that since dragons are some of the earliest monsters 
um, depicted in, in literature and art. It, it came from people not being able to see into the water, but um, seeing creatures um, mm. below the surface, just, just barely below the surface. Okay. Kind of like they became like an amalgamation of all the predators of the world. Hmm. Um, as well as like some people might have stumbled on the bones of dinosaurs right. and seen like, you know, like bleached skulls or the backbones. Which they may have done in like caves and stuff. Right. So. Right. Also, maybe finding like giant ground sloth um, bodies and like saber toothed tiger bodies. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't something that they ever saw dinosaurs in person, but like, you know, finding the remnants of them. Right. Right. Kind of possibly contributed mm-hmm. to the to the idea of dragons from all around the world. Yeah. I think that's super cool. Yeah. I like that, actually. I really like that. Yeah. Because I know, I know previously, like, and I I feel like I, like, low-key compare all of our episodes to this episode because it was my <laughs> favorite one. The Little People in the Fae episode, um, one of the things we talked about was that race of people that they found in those islands off of Australia. Mm-hmm. And how, like, those people actually existed. Like, they were real. Little people were real. And so that's why there are tales all over the world about them. So, you know, I mean, to a certain degree, dragons were real. Just a little different than what we thought. We mythologized them a lot. And that's how all archaeology and anthropology is, is, is we make theories on these things that we find. And... They're a little different than what they probably were in real life. Like, there's right. almost nothing that we have that was 100% correct. I mean, even, yeah. like, we see that a lot now when we're trying to study ancient human cultures. Right. We have, like, what Hollywood's idea yeah. of what, I'm going to throw it out there, what Vikings were. That's not, no, I'm not saying that's not at all what Vikings were, mm-hmm. but, like, Vikings were so much more than that. Yeah. Um, in fact, like, a lot, even late, like, literally just lately in the last couple of years, several of the famous, like, Viking finds where they're like, this was a Viking warrior and he must have been a chief or whatever mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And then they go back and they realize, oh, yeah, no, this was a lady. Yeah. And it's like, she was buried with all of the same things and all the accoutrement of, like, a celebrated warrior. But now it kind of messed with the mythology that... Mm-hmm we had already subscribed without doing like yeah the due time and research to actually right. look at it. We're like, we found some bones with a sword. Must be a dude. Be like, are you sure about that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, we only know what we've known. And so yeah. we put, we put our own views onto what we find. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think, I think that's kind of everything that I have. Did you have anything else? I have one last little thing about Korean dragons. I mean, I'll, I'll skip over, so, I mean, a lot of them are very similar to Chinese dragons, etc. Just mm-hmm. because of, like, where they are and how history works there with, like, Chinese migration and colonization, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyway, but they are often... I see these a lot in, like, little knick-knack shops of, like, uh, like import-export kind of businesses mm-hmm. and stuff. That are like, here, you can, like, see stuff from, like, Korea and China and Japan. Right. Um, so, these are the dragons that have in their claws or in their mouth, like, a little uh, stone. Mm-hmm. A little, like, round stone. That's the Sintamari. It's a wish-fulfilling stone. It's basically the, like, Korean version of the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. So, That's like, cool. dragons, like, build it and it... They build can... it and then other people come? Yeah, pretty much. But... Yeah, but it's, like, full on. <laughs> I saw what you're doing there. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. But, yeah, like, yeah, it's basically the Philosopher's Stone. So, and weirdly enough, yeah, in my area, whenever, I, you know, you go to, like world market or whatever and you right. see like here's a little cool like knickknack whatever things 
it's almost always the dragon holding a ball. Mm-hmm. Those are Korean dragons. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. I can yeah. dig. And they're holding the Philosopher's Stone thing. Mm. Ooh, yeah. real quick. I did want to say that in like late 90s, early 2000s, one of the really popular statues that were made, like even here in America, mm-hmm. were dragons, kind of like what you're saying, sitting with a, with a ball. Yeah. Or, they, I don't know, they have like curly manes almost. Uh-huh. That is... Um, more chimera based than it is dragon based. Mm-hmm. So I I want to say that those are probably the Korean dragons. Yeah, I think because they're not they're not quite what you're because I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Right, I've, right. I've like like been like oh I want to get one of these and then been like my wallet says no right. Um, so I know I know exactly what what little yeah. figures you're talking about. But these ones like they're really common in like the end of people's driveways oh, or yeah. on, sitting on top of almost like, like the lions or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah they're yeah. like weird like lion dragon thing. Which I mean you know would be a chimera. Yeah. Dragons and chimeras go more hand in hand than I thought whenever I first was like hey we're gonna do dragon lore. Right. So. I like that idea. Like almost like. You can make a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Smoosh these things together Fra- like they're Play-Doh. <laughs> Frankenstein. Wait, I think I just... Hey, I'm just going to be a super anime nerd. I just turned into that dude from Full Metal Alchemist. I don't get that reference. Oh, you shouldn't. know. it's good. <laughs> oh, God, okay. That episode was really... Oh, I still have nightmares about that episode. <laughs> da 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 God, that poor little girl and her dog. That sounds really sad. I don't like this. Yeah, it was terrifying and I still have nightmares over it Aww. like 15 years later. Aww. Okay, well, on that really sad note. I'm just going to go breathe in the paper bag for a second. Okay, bye. <laughs> Are you panicking the way that I panicked at the beginning? Yes. One in, one out. See you later. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And don't forget to. Like, 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 like. And subscribe to As The Myth Turns on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And email us at asthemythturns at gmail.com. Transcripts for this episode can be found at our WordPress site, asthemythturns.wordpress.com. Our theme song is called Fretless by Kevin McLeod. You can find this song and all his others at incompetech.com. <laughs>